0: This is the Mark Stucheski podcast. On this episode, we're going back to the archives, back to January 29th, 2020. Shay Robottom. She is a millennial millionaire through LinkedIn, a video marketing guru, and is an expert on lead generation. This is an awesome Episode. You're going to want a pad of paper and a pen because you are going to learn a ton. Shay has over 643,000 followers on LinkedIn. You don't get that many followers if you don't know what you're talking about. So enjoy this episode from the archives from January 29th, 2020, just as relevant today with Shay Robottom. Shay, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey Mark, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: I am so so super excited you're here. We tried to do this in December, but <laughs> someone got sick, we had to reschedule. We won't name yes. names on this show, but uh,
1: the- <laughs> someone got a little a little too overworked over here.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if anyone has ever seen your LinkedIn videos and they, folks, if you haven't seen them, go look up Shea Robottom on LinkedIn. They will hold your attention to the very end because you do these things called cut videos. But you had a disclaimer once because someone asked you how you did the videos and you said it's not you. You have someone else that does it for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I have editors. Um, well, I've always worked with editors. You know, I started out as an editor. That's how I broke into this, you know, social media. Yeah, that was my, that was my first job. I literally, I, I was working as an employee and I was editing videos for pages on Facebook personally, me editing the videos. So I went from that to, you know, outsourcing, hiring a team to the point where, you know, I didn't even want to look at Premiere anymore. I was like so burned down on ed- editing <laughs> these videos. But I'm glad I did because I do have the skill. I will whip it open every once in a while and still edit uh, one of my own videos from time to time. It's pretty rare that it happens. Um, but I've been managing a team of editors for, for many years now. So I have a, a pretty good flow and a pretty good system for pumping those out. And they know my style and my brand and, and what I want them to look like by now.
0: Now the question I have for you is how challenging is it to do cut videos because or jump cut videos because they look like they're really time intensive.
1: Uh yeah, people say that all the time. You know, it kind of depends. I actually think that they're easier because I script everything. So I am, you know, before I even get in front of the camera, I am writing down a script. I'm like, you know, these are my points. This is my takeaway. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want the user to get away from this piece of content. Boom. I have it line by line and then I turn on my camera and I sit there. And what people don't see is between the cuts, I'm actually looking down and reading from a script. Ah. Yeah. Memorizing it line by line. And then I look up, read my next line look down read so I don't have to like memorize I don't have to like you know do it all in one take where I'm like okay did I get the message across oh shoot I forgot to touch on this point that it's like no so people always say that they're like oh it looks so time consuming it looks so hard I'm like I actually feel like it's easier than doing videos in one take. You know, I started out doing videos in one take. I started out on LinkedIn in May of 2018. I was very casual. I was in a way different place in my life back then. I didn't even wear makeup. Like I wasn't taking care of myself. I just, I was just whipping out the phone and, and talking about things. But a lot of times I'd have to refilm it you know, four or five times before I finally had that complete one take where I'm like, ah, oh, okay, this makes sense. Uh, I touched on everything. I did it correctly now. So it's a horse apiece. You know, um, I do teach the cut style video. That's what a lot of people come to me for in my LinkedIn video bootcamp. Um, but I still mix in the Like I like to call them on the fly videos from time to time where I'm just inspired in the moment, whip out my phone and shoot a video. But yeah, when it comes to my cut style, they are scripted and what they're cutting up between each line there is me looking back down uh, at my script.
0: That's a secret I did not know. So I learned something today. I'll have to enter that in my planner a little later. So, yes. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about making videos because right now, you know, a lot of people are probably like me. We just use our iPhones. But one of the, the apps I really love on the iPhone is called Clips because it actually does the built in transcriptions. Now, you do have to go edit and put periods and comments and capitalize and stuff like that. But is that a good way to start for people who want to get into LinkedIn video?
1: Yeah, Clips is good. Like, I don't use any of these because like I said, I've always had a team of editors to do things manually for me. But Clips, I've heard really great things about. Another big one is uh, Subtitle. That's like subtitle with a Z. Uh, that's, I know, another a great option for a quick fix. And anyone just looking to get started. Yeah, I mean, I always say consistency is more important than anything. So don't kill yourself with like such fancy equipment in the beginning and this like crazy standard for having like cinematic videos. All that does is make it harder for you to actually sustain you just want to make it easy on yourself in the beginning like i said i did i didn't overthink it i didn't go get dolled up and put on a bunch of makeup i just i was just doing it consistently and um so so make it easy on yourself but i will say the one thing that you do really want to try to uh incorporate from the beginning is subtitles because that will increase your visibility and your reach on social media on any platform always so uh for a quick fix on getting those uh captions done yeah the uh, clips and subtitle are are both a great choice.
0: One of the things I watched in one of your videos that really helped me change my videos is when you said, no one cares who you are. And I see so many videos going, I'm John Doe and I'm Joe, uh, I'm the president of CEO. And you're like, who cares? Just get into the content. And since I saw that video, I actually have done that. I got right into the content. I know you do as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's something people still don't get. Um, You know, I I still believe that there's few people in the world who understand newsfeed video content and and how it needs to be uh, formatted and, and the logic behind it. I mean, I've I've even worked with some marketing companies, digital marketing companies, videographers, young videographers at that. I mean, it's like it really takes a specific training to understand the importance of those first three to five seconds, the importance of headlines everything that goes behind it. And what people don't realize a lot of times they, you know, they found me on LinkedIn. They didn't know anything about my past, but you know, I worked, in video licensing on Facebook, I was one of—I I ran a, uh, a company. I founded a company when I was 23. It ended up being one of the biggest video providers on Facebook for many years. So, through that company, I was essentially able to study viral videos, study data, study how something goes viral, study headlines. Hey, you know when we use this headline, it performs better than this headline, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, that 's really where I learned a lot of what I teach on LinkedIn about like you know don 't uh, uh don 't introduce yourself don 't waste those first three to five seconds I mean it is so so important that you understand that because a lot of people will actually just shoot themselves in the foot by either a not having a headline or b yeah I mean introducing themselves or having just a really slow start, not even introduction sometimes people will say things like. You know, today I just want to talk about something that's really important to me. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. No, you don't. I mean, you can get away with uh you can get away with your first line of your video being something like that when you're already an influencer with a big following who trusts you. Like like I could do a video like that now and I'm sure people would watch it, but when you're new and you're starting out and you're just trying to get that momentum build, you're just trying to get off the ground. You've got, to, you've got to have headlines. You've got to break out of the newsfeed. You've got to make your videos short um, and all that. So I definitely am uh, just so, so grateful for my time on Facebook working with all these blog owners because they were experts at content, experts at growing and monetizing a following. And um, I always joke, you know, like I should have been paying them. Like I, 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 I literally got so much knowledge from my clients on Facebook They needed video editors and that's what I was. I was not a digital marketer. You know, they just needed videos and they taught me about digital marketing, about headlines, about, um, essentially everything that they had used to grow their following, which was more traditional mediums back then, like articles, text posts, picture content, that sort of thing. And they just, they just needed video. The algorithm changed. Video became really popular and they were like, shoot, we need video editors. And then that's where I came in. Um, but I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know any, anything about digital media. And through their um, already very extensive expertise and proven track record, they were able to take everything that they'd learned about getting attention and teach it to me so that I could apply it to their video content.
0: It's kind of like a public speaker who goes out there and the first words they say is thank you for coming. I appreciate your time and like I paid to go to this conference. I didn't pay you to sit up there and thank me for everything. You could do that at the end. Just get into the content. So it's the same concept.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good point as well. I will say it's a little it's a lot safer because people aren't uh Gonna click away at a live event or scroll past at a live event. They, you know, they might roll their eyes a little, but chances are they'll stay in their seats. But it's a good point nonetheless.
0: Now another video I saw on your, your feed there is if you're getting zero engagement. And I, we started talking about this before we started recording on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. If you start if you get no engagement, stop. And and I first got that chilled on my back, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's probably a good thing that LinkedIn says, hey, your your post is trending under this hashtag on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty I'm pretty safe on that. At, but I'm not getting engagements. You are. So tell us why you say, if you're not getting engagement, no matter how many times you're posting to stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, I threw a lot of people for a loop with that one, man. I did not realize like how affected so many people were going to be by that video, but it's very true that if you're posting every day on LinkedIn and net, and, and I wouldn't say, you know, some engagement's okay. And, and also know what good engagement is relative to your following. So as long as you're getting some traction, some engagement, people are seeing it, continue. But if you are consistently posting and never getting any engagement, which some pages are, there are people on LinkedIn like that. They post every day and I, I never see a single, not even a like. All they're doing is ruining their page health. Um, so I'll I'll break this down a little bit more. Essentially, the there's a personal algorithm on every single social media page. So we talk a lot about the algorithm in terms of the, the the overall platform, but you create your own algorithm on your page. You know, I've had success because I've created a very healthy algorithm on my page, which I work very hard to maintain week after week, even when I feel like crap, and I don't want to be posting, you know, I get sick, I show up and continue to feed my own algorithm because I have learned also (laughs) through my time on Facebook, how important that really is. So with these people who are getting zero reach, they're essentially telling the LinkedIn algorithm over and over again, I'm not valuable, don't show people my content. You know, oh, I'm here again, still not valuable, don't show people my content. And I started to see a theme with um, clients of mine, you know, because I teach business owners how to make video content to attract their target market and and grow their profile on LinkedIn. And uh, I started to see a theme where the ones that had the hardest time breaking out of the feed and and, um, really allowing the content strategy to work for them with the videos that they created it was always clients where when I went back and scrolled in their page I'm like dude you have a dead page you have been posting for years to no avail uh doing things that you know they're just aren't educated on but for example like sharing external links like a youtube link uh, an outside of the platform article you know anything that will drive users off of the current platform and onto another one will never be supported on any social media platform i mean that's consistent with facebook instagram anything you you can't put outside links in the posts and expect it to do as well, the platform's gonna dock you for that because they're like, hey, you know, you're you're driving people to YouTube. What the heck? Like we want people to stay on LinkedIn. So if you're really wanting to share a link. Do it in the comments. And then in the text description of your post, say, you know, the link I'm referring to is in the comments. That won't hurt you.
0: Hey, you listening to the Mark Duchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Duchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Well, I've also heard that if you create a post that's got a link and you hit save, and then you go back and edit it, then you can safely put the link in there because the algorithm has already uh, has already blessed it for lack of a better word. Is that not true?
1: Yeah, you know, I have heard that as well. I haven't found that to be true, but it is something that I've heard. So uh, if you want to explore that, by all means, test it out and. This goes back to what I always say about everything: just test, test everything, uh, A/B split test, whatever you can to collect data for your own content strategy and your own page. But definitely, if you're posting every day and never getting engagement, it's it's you're you're actually better off just stopping and um, waiting until you have uh, higher quality content, uh, uh, an agency hired that can really help, or. Um, ultimately just a new strategy because what you're doing clearly isn't working. And by continuing to do it, you're just continuing to dig yourself into that hole and that dead zone, which like I said, I've had a hard time having some of my clients break out of even after they started creating really quality videos through my program. So it's something to keep in mind.
0: Now, let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes people make other than what we have already talked about. One of the things that really annoys me, and I know you've alluded to it on your videos, is when people send you a connection request and they don't personalize the message. Now, I believe part of the problem lies in LinkedIn because when you send a connection request on the desktop, it prompts you, hey, most LinkedIn members like to get a personalized greeting, but on the app, you hit the connect button, it says you have to hit the three it dots won't. in order to get the invitation, so I think part of the problem here rely is, is can be placed on the, at the feet of LinkedIn
1: right um yeah, that's a good point. I certainly uh, attribute growing my connection base as quickly as I did to having a personalized note with every single connection that I sent um. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of people are just eager to grow their network and it's not unlikely that they just won't accept you because you don't have a note. I think as long as your profile looks built out, you have a professional photo, you have a headline, you you know, you look like a real person and not a bot. (laughs) Um, Most people will accept you, but definitely adding a note, if you just want to ensure it'll increase the odds uh, a lot more.
0: As a podcaster, when I get a connection request and your title says podcast promoter, I'm really hesitant about clicking that accept because, like you mentioned, we only have 30,000 connections. And if you waste it on someone that's going to spam you, then you have to disconnect from them. And it's a, it's a waste of your time, even though it's a few seconds.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I would actually advise you to connect with those people. Um, and the reason being is because they're uh, anyone that's in your industry, even if it's a direct competitor, this is what people don't realize. You should absolutely connect with them on LinkedIn because when you post, Hey, not only is your content way more likely to be relevant to them because they are also in the podcasting industry and they'll probably have, you know, people are so self-righteous. They want to share their opinions. So if you're posting something about podcasts and they either agree or disagree or have their own uh, experience to contribute, they're going to comment. You know, they're they're going to see your post because they're a first connection now and they're going to engage and propel you forward. And the other thing there is if they are a direct competitor, they're also showing your content to everyone in their network, which guess who they're connected to? <laughs> their target market, which is your target market. So that's a big aha moment for a lot of my clients. They're like, wait, you want me to connect with competitors? I'm like, absolutely. Go connect with every single person you see as a threat because A... They're likely to engage with your content because it's industry-related and it's niche. And B, when they do engage with your content, it's going to be shown to their network, which is very likely to also be your target market. So it only helps you.
0: That's a fair point. But where I was going with this is when I connect with these people, the first thing I get is a DM from them saying, hey, I can promote your episode in XYZ. And it's the Ernest Hemingway DM that we've all gotten and we all hate and no one reads. Yeah, That's yeah. the kind of thing you're taking. So no, don't totally. do that when you send a DM to someone. Don't make it like seven. 17 paragraphs long because no one's reading it anyways.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I, I just ignore a lot of those like instant pitches and whatnot, or, or even better, Mark, just pitch, pitch them right back. Just ignore what they're saying and say, <laughs> Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a recent video about podcasting here. I'd love your input I love on that. Please, I love please that. drop a comment. Just <laughs> go, just do it right back. Yeah,
0: that's a very unique insight. Into- I like that idea. So what are some of the other uh, big mistakes people are making? That's really holding them back from being successful in LinkedIn.
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, Not optimizing their profile. I mean, that's like 90% of what I see. I, I, I am not kidding, Mark. LinkedIn would be a different platform if people just used their headline and their summary to stop boasting about accomplishments and how great their experience is and oh, this amazing you. award that they've won and instead just communicate directly to your target market what it is you do i can't tell you how many profiles i go to e- even marketers who allegedly know marketing and i cannot for the life of me figure out exactly what it is they do i'm like there is no reason that i should read through your entire summary on linkedin and still be like uh, okay but like what like are you helping business owners are you are you helping vendors like what exactly, like it should just be so crystal clear, you know, especially your headline that, um, <laughs> right under your name, your, your name. Yeah, thank you. Right <laughs> under your name. Yeah, right under your name there. Um, that's what shows up even when you comment on LinkedIn. People can see your headline a little bit. So use those first couple characters to effectively communicate to your target market that you solve their problems, something like, you know, um, I help businesses create effective video content on LinkedIn to attract their target market and close more deals. Boom! Nobody who's actually actively looking for help promoting their business on LinkedIn and is open to video content is gonna not is gonna not like click on my profile and be like, wait a minute, like I, I think I need this. So um, when you're done with that and you have leftover room then you can go, hey, you know, I have an MBA in Forbes yeah. 30 under 30, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, people think that that's so attractive and I get it, it's cool. You should definitely be proud of those things, but like, it's really more important that you just don't miss your target market landing on your profile. And and they don't care about Forbes 30 under 30. They care about, <laughs> do your, can you solve my problem today? Are, are, you are, are you what I'm looking for? And then you have a full summary, uh, you'll have leftover characters at the end and you can go all into your... Uh, your personal accomplishments. So it should
0: sound like deja vu to the audience. Cause we talked about this about video. Who cares? Uh, no one cares. You're a speaker, author, coach. They don't care if you have a top 200 podcast, no one cares. I mean, your mom may care, but they want to know what you could do for them. And, and when I figured out, when someone said your headline has to answer the question, Who cares? And I used to be the guy saying podcaster, speaker, and I changed that because who cares? Right. I'm a coach of what? Little League League Baseball? What am I coach of? Because that is so prime real estate. Because like you mentioned, every time you comment, that headline's there and you want to make sure it's front loaded because depending on if they're looking at it on a, a smartphone or a desktop, it's depending on how many characters they see. And a lot of people, like you say, they have thousands of connections, thousands of followers, and they're wasting that real estate by saying, I'm a speaker and coach.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. It is uh, really important that you just communicate. What's the saying? They say like uh, a a good sales guy needs to be able to explain something um, so that a six-year-old can understand it. it. I think I've heard that. That's the one. I love that. But the other thing to keep in mind that I didn't touch on is... um, A keyword search, so you know, not only using your headline to communicate what it is you do, but like you should definitely have the word podcast in there. Uh, I think that would be like a given. Even if you're explaining what you do, you should have the word podcast in there. You know, I have the word video. I have the word LinkedIn. So when people are actually searching uh, in the search filters for these uh these specific keywords, that your headline is also optimized to attract uh, those people as well. So you know, a mix between. Make sure it's clear what you do, but also, you know, and especially if you have leftover characters, this is a great way to just add additional keywords, you know, marketing, video, social media, uh, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. Well, let's take a little twist away from LinkedIn. Let's talk a little bit about feeling good, mental health, because you seem like a very positive, energetic, happy person. And I'd like to know your thoughts about how do you approach the day? Uh, How do you stay so positive? Do you have bad days?
1: <laughs> yes, uh, thank, thank you for asking me that. Um, yeah, you know, and, and this, this does tie into LinkedIn because you asked me, you know, what, what, what other mistakes could I potentially see people making on LinkedIn? Um, it's just being very fake, you know, being very, um, stuffy, too professional, too like, oh, I can't show any ounce of flaw or failure because all, all my potential business will run away. You know, it's really not the case. That's, it's really like I found the opposite on LinkedIn. I think I grew such a loyal following and, and garnered so much attention because I was willing to talk about mental health and uh, my own struggle with it. You know, I, I struggled with depression for years. I'm definitely out of it. I mean, pff, LinkedIn has changed my life. I, <laughs> I started to realize that I was surrounded with like, you know, very toxic and uh, abusive people. And it was because I wasn't dealing with um, my childhood. You know, I I wasn't. And on the surface, I did appear like a happy, bubbly person, but I would go home at night and I I was just miserable. I I was not happy. I was not fulfilled. I felt completely dependent on others, especially men. Um, And I couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't until I really, you know, it's, it's funny, something beautiful happens when you're Suicidal, at least in my case. I can't, I can't, I, I won't say that for everyone. You know, obviously, I don't wish depression on anyone, but for me, it was a blessing because uh, when I became suicidal, I stopped caring what people thought like 100%. I just didn't care anymore. I was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to die, I'm just going to start telling the truth. I'm like, who cares? And then, whoa, it was like, uh, I realized the world was starving for that. So um, I found a lot of validation through well, not only LinkedIn, but, you know, the the relationships in my personal life, the more I started to speak my truth and, and stand up for myself, heal my childhood wounds, set boundaries, uh, the more I started to realize I was surrounded by people who really didn't care about me, who were really just using me and um, destructive and manipulative. And, you know, I was allowing that. I was allowing myself to be treated that way because I was so unconscious about, well, A, my childhood wounds that I had been ignoring my whole life, but, um, you know, how, how insecure I was. And, um, when i finally started to admit that even on linkedin oh my goodness it was so liberating it was so liberating like not only did i feel a huge sigh of relief like oh, i don't have to like hide this secret anymore but i had so many people reach out to me to to say the same thing they were like oh wow like you you made me realize that you know i, I should really open up about um, my depression some people would even go as far as to say like i i I've, I've been inspired to finally tell my wife that I'm depressed now because of your post. And I'm like, what? You haven't told your wife you're depressed. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like crazy how we live in these boxes and we don't think that anyone has the same problems, but they do. So when you say, you know, do you have bad days? I would say, yeah, I still have bad days. I'm not perfect. I I, I still struggle, but I am in a much better place than I was when I first got on LinkedIn a few years ago and started to open up about being depressed and struggling um, with insecurity. I feel much more... Uh, confident now, much more independent. I've shed a lot of toxic uh, people from my life, toxic um, business colleagues, toxic uh, relationships. You know, I, I was surrounded by people that held me down. And when I finally became conscious of my wounds and started to heal them and dismantle them, all of those toxic relationships fell away. You know, a lot of them I didn't even have to remove myself from. It's like they removed themselves. They're like, "Oh, I can't control you anymore. You're not, you're not weak and insecure anymore." Uh, okay, I'm out. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, like, you know, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. And now that I'm in this place of healing and, you know, self-actualization, um, I've been attracting some really cool relationships and I'm making more money in my business. I'm just manifesting things easier. I t- definitely no longer feel dependent on men or like I need a man. Um, and it's just beautiful because I, I feel like I had to climb out of that dark hole and it took me years and I have been to the darkest of the dark places and I'm just super blessed and grateful for it all actually because, you know, it taught me compassion. It taught me how to now help others get out of that same dark place. Cause I've been there and I know what it feels like. And I don't wish that on anyone. Um, but it's a mountain to get out of and, and it is doable. And now I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm just not in that place anymore. And I wake up super grateful, not perfect, but super grateful and overall in a much healthier place.
0: Have you had enough or are you hungry for more? You can find more of Mr. Productivity on TikTok. Facebook, and Instagram. All you have to do is go to those apps and search for Mr. Productivity. Two words, Mr. Productivity on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. I had a guest on my show not too long ago, Frank King. He's the mental health comedian, and he goes around around the country talking to people who are struggling with suicide and he helps people, mm. you know, suicide prevention, but he's also a comedian and he tells the story on my podcast. And when he's on the stage, he says, you know, he says, in case, spoiler, you know, I tried suicide, but I wasn't successful. And he makes a joke of it. Wow. And the, the reason why he does it is because a lot of people are ashamed of it. They, they need hope. Yeah. And, and so he comes along and, and he says his mission in life now is he realizes he can never kill himself. Now, because so many people are counting on them, on him to continue to get them out of their funk, out of their darkness, and I just thought his—I had him on the show I thought it was so interesting that he's a mental health comedian who at one time had the had a gun, uh, a barrel of a gun in his mouth, and he yes. knows what it tastes like. Wow. But, but, he, but he didn't go into the shadows. He's saying to people, "I can overcome this. You can too." So I, I love the the part we live in 2020 now that more and more people are talking about the importance of mental health the importance of hey look at i may want to kill myself and it's the his show is fascinating because he tells you some of the signs to look for if your friend is going to commit suicide he says the, the key and i'll share this with my audience so you don't have to listen to the episode but it's a great episode if someone's get, telling you to commit suicide the key thing you have to look for is are they giving you details or they say they're gonna ask them. He literally ask them. I thought I thought it's fascinating when he told me this. Hmm. If they say they're gonna kill himself, ask them how. If they say I'm gonna get a gun, they're gonna get a knife, the more details right, they share, right. the more the closer they are to committing suicide. And I'm like, you're supposed to ask someone how they're gonna do it when they tell you is yes. Trust me, I've been doing this for years. The more details they can share, the closer they are. Did you know that? I thought that yeah, was fascinating. that
1: that's that is really interesting. And and that. Uh, makes a lot of sense. You know, I would say that I didn't ever get to the point of attempting. I got to the point of planning and figuring out how I would do it and, you know, Googling what like the best ways. <laughs> I know this sounds nuts, but literally that was, that was probably the darkest I ever got. But it's so cool that you had him on your show because it's, uh, it ties into another thing that I want to bring up is that people ask me all the time, how I'm so funny. How are you so funny? You know, you're a comedian, you make people laugh. Like, yeah, I'm a marketer and I educate and all that, but I, I, I'm also really um, into jokes, and I love comedy. I love stand-up. I'm I'm into all of that, and I really think it has to do with depression. I, I truly believe most comedians, the great comedians, all have have struggled with some form of mental health or depression, anxiety, addiction. I mean, there's something really interesting about that uh, correlation to me. And, and this guy sounds like you know just another great example. Is that? Also, when you get depressed and you stop caring so much what people think, it's easier to find humor in things. And uh, I love that he's using his platform now to talk about mental health. You know, I, I, well, I have a lot of plans in my life, but (laughs) one of them is definitely stand up. and, And that's a really interesting perspective is using that platform to do the same thing and bring awareness to mental health and suicide because it is an epidemic. You know, people, there's so many people on antidepressants. It's like, that's, it's just, it's very sad. It's very sad where we've landed ourselves. And um, what's even more sad is how alone a lot of people feel. But I also think that ties back to the internet and how, you know, the internet and social media can get a bad rep, but it's really beautiful because it brings people together who think they're alone, who think they're suffering in silence, and they're able to go on uh, these platforms, find communities, find other people just like them who've been, you know, abused, raped, uh, hurt, or wounded in a similar way. And then it's like, a lot easier to pull yourself out of where as I, I feel the older generation, my parents' generation, they didn't have that. They didn't have that tool to feel like, oh, I don't need to be so ashamed of this. this. This isn't just me. Actually, it looks like this is like everyone and my generation. If you look at the meme culture on social media, again, this ties back to comedy. The meme culture on social media is essentially just a massive millennial cry for help. I mean, <laughs> yes. all it is all—all yes. all of these memes are like poking fun at how broke we are and how depressed we are. We're, we're literally constantly making fun of our own pain. Um, and and I, I I love the memes. I share them even like they're funny. But if you but if you really understand what's going on and and look past it and read between the lines it is sad like people are very hurt and this is a new this is a new time for the for an entire generation not everyone but in general a lot more millennials are able to admit hey i'm going to therapy later today oh uh, oh my therapist told me this today they'll just openly say that in front of people they'll just share memes admitting that they're you know depressed and hate themselves our my parents generation would have never sniffed at that i mean that that was such a rarity back then and i feel very fortunate to have been born in the 90s where the internet you know revolutionized everything and allowed us to feel like oh wait a minute i i think this is actually pretty normal and i don't need to feel so ashamed so that's a beautiful thing as well
0: my favorite comedian, obviously, I love clean comedy. I don't do the vulgar things, but I saw a, sh- a guy. I, I do.
1: I do the vulgar thing. Yeah, Mark, yeah I but, know. But I do. I do love clean comics. I'm a Jerry Seinfeld fan. I love Jerry. I do.
0: Thank you for cleaning <laughs> cleaning up your mouth for the show today. But anyways, I saw this. Oh man, this-
1: there's there's been a few close calls. I, I can't lie. <laughs> I saw that. I
0: started cringing on the microphone when you're you're a good girl. I saw this one guy. Uh, I think it was on Amazon Prime Video. And my favorite kind of comedian is a dad who lives with. like all girls and a wife because that's the situation i was in and he tells how the house is all pink and smelly and stuff i relate with those comedians more than anything else because i'm like i've been there and the thing he's talking about i'm lacking hysterically because i've lived that and so what what's your favorite kind of comedian
1: oh i like the ratchet stuff mark i I, (laughs) you know you know who first got me into stand-up uh cat williams you Cat know, I Cat Williams yeah, that he's not, similar. he's definitely, he's definitely deb- not clean. Uh, He's a black comic, black. Oh comedian. yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He is hilarious. I'll never forget. I saw, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the special now. This was years ago. Like I, I just uh got out of high school. I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in college when I first started to get, well, when I personally became funny, but also when I started to get into up, and he, it was like, he had this way of i don't want to say it was like mental health related but he had this way of like calling out uh, a lot of societal problems through humor and like making jokes about it and like you know kind of like pointing out the obvious someone said that to me recently they're like humor and and stand-up is really just saying things that like everyone kind of knows exists but no one has like brought it to the surface (laughs) yet and and he did he does a really beautiful job of entertaining he's um, just a super entertainer. You know, I love him. Uh, I love female comics. There's not enough of them. Any, anytime there's like a new female one that pops up on Netflix, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to watch this. Cause, cause like you said, I'm a woman, so I can really relate to that. You say, I love the dads who have daughters. Cause I can super relate to that. So anytime there's a new female, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to watch this. Um, did you love like jo-
0: Stephen Wright? The, the guy who was deadpan. He just did one liners. I thought he was hysterical.
1: Uh, I don't know him, but do oh. you know, do you know, um, Dimitri Martin? No. He's like, he does one-liners and he is so funny. You, you would think it would be boring. I think he actually might be clean too. I'm not sure if he's clean or not, but it's like, you think it's boring. You start watching, you're like, this is, but then you get into it and you're like, I, I can't stop watching. This is hilarious. <laughs> um, and another one that's, uh, super epic, amazing, love, love is, uh, Bo Burnham. He's also a millennial and he does stand-up, but he, Oh my gosh, he's like revolutionary. He just he he puts on a show. like he'll do stand up, but he also does like skits live on stage and then he'll like pivot to like playing piano and and singing like a song. and it's like a, <laughs> it's like a parody and he he's all over the place. but it's definitely comedy. It's definitely meant to entertain you. It's just a little, well, it's a lot more outside the box than your traditional like stand up, have a mic. Do your set and leave. Bo Burnham, if you're looking for something a little more outside the box and innovative in the comedy space, he is a great choice. He makes me laugh like no other.
0: Now, I will tell you, I will watch Volker comedians. I prefer not to, but like Joe Rogan, one of the hottest podcasters in the entire Yeah, m- I universe. love
1: Joe Rogan. His, yeah. I love, love, he yes. He is
0: hysterical. I mean, t- to me, I mean, just to go on a little side thing, yeah, I don't understand the point of swearing. I mean, like Gary Vaynerchuk, he is like phenomenal. He's brilliant, but he's got a Jersey potty mouth. But I know he can turn it off when he goes on CNBC or MSNBC. He's got that switch. He can switch it off. And all these guys can do it. Um, but I think Joe Rogan's hysterical because they talk about real life i think comedians who talk about real life that we yes. all deal with and we're like oh yes i just did that yesterday i just did that last week then the people who like as comedians i think fail who are like they're just not being real because you alluded to that several times in the show today be yourself be real tell your side of the story because then people can relate but if you're trying to be a mini version of someone else you're going to fall on your face whether it's a comedian or linkedin or wherever it is you, you have to be you because there's only one of you in the world
1: Yes, and I love that you're saying that because a lot of people are trying to copy others and they struggle to find their own voice. They're scared of themselves. I think it's okay to, you know, quote-unquote, copy people um, because that's really what everything is. You know, we all got an idea originally because somebody did it first. Everything is a remix. It's, mm-hmm. There's no shame in looking to someone for inspiration. Where the issue lies is where you're you're not, like, uh, you're not... Um, reverse engineering it for yourself and making it your own. You know, I get ideas from other people all the time. I'm, I'm following all my competitors. I like to see what other video marketers are up to. I follow Gary Vaynerchuk. I would love to be on his level very soon. So um, there's no shame in that, but you're, you're right about, you know, you need to make it your own and you need to be yourself. But I'm curious, I, I want to ask you a question now, Mark, because, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because, you know, I have been through a lot of adversity in my life and I always feel as though, people who swear and don't find, you know, uh, like, it to be a big deal. It's just part of who they are. Like, I, I, you know, I use extreme... Um, K- Kerwin Ray. He's another uh, big uh, influencer, entrepreneur guy that I follow. And I love what he says about swearing. He says, I use extreme language to make an extreme point. And I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, he has no issue swearing. Obviously, Gary, there's these other people. I, I don't swear on LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't uh, support it. So maybe that's something people listening don't realize. It's like, Shay, I've never heard you swear. It's like, yeah, I don't really do it much on LinkedIn. Um, that's not for you guys. <laughs> it's for LinkedIn, okay? No, I'm just kidding. But, but I'm, I'm curious because I always feel like these people have come from a lot of adverse they get to a point where it's like swearing is so minuscule. It's like, yeah, who cares? Like, obviously, I'm not going to be offended by swear words. I've been through the gutter. So, I'm curious for someone like yourself, and you're not the only person I met who's who said this. I've had you know many other. Um, associates, people I've met through LinkedIn that are just, you know, they they will not watch something that has swears. And I always, I'll just be honest, like I always found that very lame. It's like, okay, I'm not asking you to swear, but like, what, what is it about people swearing that really bothers you so much? And like, it's almost, it's almost like for me, I'm like, Dude, you haven't had enough problems in your life if you're offended by swear words. So wh- what's the deal? Like, enlighten me a little bit. Is it because you have kids? Is it because, like, why why the clean thing? And why is that so important to you? I'm, I'm very curious.
0: Well, number one is unapologetically I'm a Christian, okay? And I try to keep my mouth okay. clean. Okay, that's the number one thing. But that's not why I don't swear. The reason why I purposely don't swear is going to seem counterintuitive, so stay with me.
1: Everyone
0: okay. on social media, podcasting from the stage, everyone's cursing. So I'm going the opposite direction. It's like when I became vegetarian, people asked me, why don't you eat meat? I'm like, why do you care? Why don't you swear? Why do you care? I mean, it, it's, it's so funny. Speaking of humor, Shay, when people ask me why I don't swear, I'm like, why do you care? You don't mm-hmm, eat me. Right. Why this so so, meat you, so so
1: no no no, I don't I don't care that you don't swear. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about like will you really not watch something if it has swears?
0: No, no, I I watch stuff that that they have swear words in it. I prefer not to. Okay, it's kind of gotcha, like I've gotcha, got this okay. filter in my brain. It's a
1: preference. Sure, yeah, sure. okay pre- yeah. like,
0: I got the filter in my brain. When I am I'm, like, I'm reading a book and if it says infinite intelligence or mother nature, my mind translates infinite intelligence and mother nature to Jesus. That's what I do. It's mm-hmm. what I do. Now, I do not say that you're wrong if you don't believe in Jesus. I'm not going to say you're Horrible person. Of course, that's of what course. I do. And so, what I'm trying to do is, I will watch. My wife won't watch vulgar com- com- comedy. I kind of like it, but I think, like for example, Tony uh, Tony Robbins, love Tony Robbins, and I understand yes. that uh, I actually does he a- swear.
1: Yeah. Oh, does he yeah. swear? Oh, he oh swears yeah. So yeah, 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 oh, yeah. He swears. <laughs> I did think about it for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah he does Yeah, he does swear. Okay. Okay.
0: And what's interesting is I was actually coached by one of his results coaches many years ago and who's oh, a Christian, awesome. who's a Christian like me. And I said, right. Why does Tony swear? And he goes, Well, he says it's for a pattern interrupt. And I said, I get that one F word, but when he uses it to drop the F bomb like six times in like a second, that's not a pattern interrupt. And I noticed something very distinct with Tony is that his mentor was uh, Jim Rohn. When Jim Rohn passed, Mm. Tony Robbins' swearing went up.
1: Oh, Because Jim Rohn never swore.
0: Jim Rohn was a Christian. And so I think it's very interesting. I think you got to, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, you got to do you. If you want to swear, swear. Just don't swear on my show. But if you want to swear, swear. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. I think people, I see so many people on social media, and you probably do too, who are swearing because Gary swears. And Gary, if you watch Gary's contact, contact, Conduct. what's that content <laughs> he <laughs> yes, will yeah. tell you don't swear just because i swear you have to do you gary says it all the time you have to do you so many people are swearing because gary or grant or tony or whoever does you need to be you and i think there's so many people just trying to mimic gary well no you yeah. have to be your own self yeah. and i think that's where the issue lies
1: yeah that's that's a really good point i think i'm in the same boat where it's like you know i don't care if you're like part of a religion if that if you truly feel it makes you a better person if you don't want to eat meat because that's truly what your body responds better to like i don't care about any of these things it's just like don't push them on me though like if that like 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 if that's you and that's what you found works good for you but don't Become uh, so self righteous that you've got to you know convert everyone else to your way. I think that's really where the problem is. So I've never heard Gary say that before, but I'm glad he's kind of putting out that disclaimer for all the you know younger people following him who maybe don't swear and you know making it clear like, hey, this is me, but but do you? And the other thing that's very ironic about me and my siblings, you know, is we all swear a lot, but growing up we were extremely sheltered and my mom was extremely strict. And if I was even caught saying, you know, the most mild swear word, it was, it was, it was no bueno. So uh, I was so conditioned to uh, not swear. And then when I was, um, how old was I when I met Erin? This is like my best friend still to this day. I think I was like 12 when I started hanging out with her in a pretty heavy capacity and she, this this girl had nine. Also, you know, a big Christian family, right? She had nine brothers, okay, and she was the only girl. And she swore like a sailor. And she was, to, and we were twelve. And I remember when I first started hanging out with her. It's so funny. It's like this is like allowing me to relate to you more because I'm going back to my past when I, when I, when I did used to get really kind of like I wouldn't say I was ever offended, but I it was it like it shook me. Like when I started hanging out with her and she was swearing so much, I it was like I felt like I was gonna get in trouble. Like. How are you just? How are you just? How are you just saying all these swear words? Like, oh my goodness! And then, of course, uh, fast forward until you know we're all old enough to leave the house and not get grounded anymore. We all swear like a sailor, like me and all my sisters swear so much. So it's kinda of funny. It's like, Mom, that didn't really work out, did it?
0: <laughs> you know what's kind of funny is when I'm around a group of people who are swearing like a sailor, like the Gary V's, and I don't swear, they get really uncomfortable and they're like, Are you a pastor? I'm like, No. Like people that's have the silly. weirdest that's reaction. Silly. I see, <laughs> I feel
1: no, I feel like I wouldn't even notice. You know, I wouldn't ever notice like, Hey, we're all swearing. Why aren't you swearing, Mark? Like that's like a silly. <laughs> that's thing what even. I would
0: figure. Why would yeah. you be why would you even point Point that out. Are you paying that close attention to what I'm saying? That I think it's hysterical. No,
1: no, no. I think it's beautiful. Like you know yourself, and at the end of the day, that's what really matters.
0: Well, the video I saw from Gary is he did one of these um, where he did a meetup, and of course, you know D Rock is always filming, and some guy says, "Well, Gary, I don't swear, but do I need to swear to be successful?" And Gary says, "No, <laughs> you need to be you. If you that's don't swear, hilarious. don't swear." And I, I thought right. that was interesting. Of course, when he answered the question, he's dropping F-bounds, but thought was hysterical. <laughs> but, oh my but he said, you have to be that you. And so I much, think anybody yeah. listening to the show, anyone who follows us on LinkedIn or any social media platform, you got you learn from other people, but you got to be you.
1: Yes, 100%. Okay. And then you... Yeah, you can get lost trying to be other people. That's for sure. So be you. Well, Shay, this has
0: been so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Where can we find you? I mean, I know what you're going to say, but where can we find you online?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So definitely follow me on LinkedIn. So that is my primary platform. That's where all of my original uh, video content goes out first. So that's linkedin.com slash in slash Shay robottom um, you can also find me. I have a big sun emoji in my name, so it stands out. Um, and then, yeah, all other platforms, I'm pretty easy to find. Mark it's at Shea Robottom for you know Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I uh, just got on TikTok. Uh, not oh not goodness. doing not, not doing amazing there yet. Don't don't look too closely. <laughs> but uh, I did finally make a TikTok. I'm like okay. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely check out my website if you're interested to learn more about the marketing side of things and what I can provide for businesses on LinkedIn. And that's just my full name com, and there's a form there that you can fill out to set up a call.
0: I will say something about TikTok. When TikTok yeah. came out, people Yeah, say, what do you
1: think about TikTok? Well, people go like, well, oh, there's only kids on it. And here's my
0: rule. Anytime a new platform comes out, because you, I don't know if you remember the platform Peach Remember Pete's About a no, year ago, no, okay. I don't know. It, it, it don't was a vapor. So. But one thing I learned <laughs> is, a new platform comes out. I don't care if there's three months old on her. Go get your username. You may never mm. use the platform. Even Gary V says that you always get your username. Because what happens is, if someone grabs it, then you have to become the the official Shea Robotom or whatever. So oh, I have I have Mark Stachowski on sense. TikTok. I got Mark Stachowski on Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat, but. Any platform that comes out, if you're building a business or a brand, get your name as soon as a new platform comes out, even if you never used it. Because someone else goes and gets, say, Robottom and TikTok and starts doing something like anti what you teach. That's a problem. Exactly. I remember a couple of uh, presidential elections ago, um, one of the Republican candidates didn't get their their URL, dummy. Um, I don't remember who it was. And when you typed in their name, dot .com, it went to the Democratic uh, nominee.
1: Oh um, my god! Hello, I mean that's, that's hilarious. Something. Before gonna run,
0: get your URL. I'm just saying, but yeah, no, that's I always...
1: that's really that's super solid advice. Um, even even I didn't think of it like that. So thank you, I learned something today, Mark. Yeah, yeah so it doesn't point. matter
0: what platform. I'm not, I've done TikTok. Like I put a couple of videos of my dog on there, which really people loved, but Aww, I have you have fig- a
1: dog. I'm oh, jealous. I, oh, I want a dog. I've I want a, a dog, but I don't want the work. What kind of dog is it? Oh,
0: she's dog. a 17 month old, um, lab mix. She is the cutest Oh dog. my
1: gosh. You're she killing me. I, I grew up, I grew up with labs, yellow oh, labs. She, so that's my, she's that's
0: my, my dog. Cause I work from home and like when I'm done here, like when I go for my daily run, she goes in the kitchen and she gets in the chair and looks for me to come home and she follows Aww. me around the house. She is such a sweetie. I'll send you a picture. I love, she oh, so well, I'm yeah, I'm
1: gonna definitely follow you on TikTok now. You sold me on TikTok with the yellow. Well, with I, the I lab. haven't
0: posted yeah. on there for a while. Now you got me feeling guilty about it. Oh my no, point don't was, feel guilty. My point is, go get it, folks. Get your username on TikTok, even if you never use it, because you don't want someone else, to, especially if a common name now. Shea Robot and Mark Stuchowski, not common names, but get your name because if yes. it, uh, if it, someone else gets it and they start talking bad about you, you can't get your username. So always get your username for any platform that comes out. I learned that from Gary Vaynerchuk because you never know what's happen now yeah that's um, super smart snapchat is is i don't know if it's down for the count because the instagram i don't know uh there's really no competitor for for linkedin which i really love about it um Mm -hmm. so this has been so fun and you and i could talk for three four hours this has been yeah we could we
1: could thank you so much well thank
0: you so much for being the show you gave us so much information folks i know that Shay gave you a lot to think about but just pick one thing to get better on linkedin don't try to do everything she says because then you'll you'll melt down mm-hmm. so don't do that right Pick one thing so shay thank you so much for being on the show today you are a rock star
1: absolutely my pleasure thank you for having me mark
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchesky podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free just head on over to mrproductivity.com m-i-s-t-e-r mrproductivity.com